Hello, and just before I go into the official intro for the show, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the Lotox Life podcast. Why am I sharing this random little thank you? Well, it's not so random when you consider that it is actually our third birthday on the show this week. We have produced now a uh, hundred and nearly 150 shows, let's call it. And I can't tell you how much joy it brings me to research these incredible guests for you every week to bring you such a wide variety of topics, food, body, home, mind, of course, the environment and our beautiful planet and businesses doing right by people and planet, thought leaders in the space, incredible practitioners, incredible activists, everything in between. It is just such a joy. And I'm glad that I have found you to connect with a fellow multi-passionate who is also interested in a wide variety of topics uh, that make us healthier and our planet happier. So I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me here on the show each week, however it is you do that. And also for those of you who leave reviews on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you listen to the show, as well as those of you who share it, tag friends when I share it uh, and uh, talk about a specific podcast episode and how it's affected you or helped you online. It is just such a gift because, you know, we can't promote everything ourselves. It really is the community getting the word out there as well. Uh, and supporting the show that helps us to grow. And to think that we have reached over a million people now is just incredible. And I, I can't thank you enough for being here, for making this stuff matter in your life, your family's life, your community's life, your country's life, and beyond. And I think it is such a great illustration that if enough of us come together and garner useful information to make not only our homes, our relationships, our environments more peaceful, everything from there radiates with a beautiful ripple effect. And you are a part of that, my friend. So thank you for listening to the Lotox Life podcast and for being such a supporter over these three years. And if you're newer to the show, welcome. You have a lot of back cataloging to do. I hope you enjoy that. And I'm now going to just slip into the usual intro. Uh, enjoy. And welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 147. I'm absolutely thrilled to have Dr. John Gray on the show today, one of the most well-known and trusted people on the planet when it comes to relationships and the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I don't know if you guys remember that classic from the 1990s. I remember seeing John on the Oprah show many, many, many years ago. He's written 20 books since. His books have been translated into over 45 languages in more than 100 countries uh, and obviously multiple best-selling. So Beyond Mars and Venus is a more recent book that he's written and I was quite intrigued by that because I thought, oh, that's that relationship guy from the 90s. I wonder what he's writing about now. And it was an enthralling book about relationships and I found it 
really, really interesting how much importance he placed on estrogen and testosterone balance in men and women and how we might use that knowledge as a tool to be better at communicating, to be better at uh, sharing our feelings and to be better at making space when people need to deal with new information in a particular way before they can comment on it or start to work towards solutions. And all of that uh, is going to make a lot of sense once we hook into today's chat. But I feel really, really privileged to have John on the show. And I had a very long list of questions I wanted to try and get through, and we got through about two thirds of them. So we have definitely made a date for part two, which we'll record sometime October, November. And if you're in the Low Tox Club, of course, the clubbers will know, uh, which you can join any time, by the way, through Patreon for only $4 US a month. So it's like, if you enjoy the show, it's like paying a dollar for the podcast each week. Think of it that way. And you get so much good stuff from joining us. One of which is to be able to help me prep with questions for upcoming guests. An example of that is with Dr. Eric Balkavage, the thyroid doctor I had on last month. There were so many clubbers questions that Eric so generously said, yeah, of course, I'll record a separate Q&A. So we have a one hour Q&A that's live in the, our Facebook group right now um, on in the club uh, that is the Eric follow-up with specific thyroid questions that the community had. And uh, it's it's just, you know, you get that, you get 20% off the courses, you get our practitioner thread on Tuesdays. We do our fabulous mini challenges, Up the Greens, Tiny Bin Food Waste Challenge, Micro Shits Challenge, which is all of us committing to removing seven things for seven days off our list that have been upsetting or worrying or annoying us that we haven't got around to just fixing or doing or dealing with. Um, so we have a ton of fun in the club and I'd love for you to join me there. You can join through Patreon. Patreon, um, or you can just jump onto the show notes on the podcast tab of our lowtoxlife.com website and uh, follow the link that way if you find that easier. But uh, yeah, there were a few clubber questions for John, uh, and I urge the clubbers who listened today to then add more questions that you have so that I'm ready for the, the follow-up. But one of the questions was, how do I get my husband to read John's books? And we actually talk about that today as an example, because um, so when I can fit those questions into the main interview, I absolutely do, of course. So everyone can benefit from them. But uh, it's uh, it's it's quite a doozy of a show. I will say that some of the things that I wanted to talk about, like same-sex relationships, online dating and how we navigate finding a mate these days in 2019 and beyond, uh, and I wanted to talk briefly about uh, the rise in online hate speech against women, violence against women in our country, Australia. But uh, there are some issues all over the world, of course. Incel groups, I don't know if you guys have heard about involuntary celebrates online talking about women in very derogatory and violent ways. And I just wanted to talk about how we might raise our kids in a way that means they grow up learning respect and learning boundaries uh, and uh, just to make sure we're, we're, we're doing all we can as parents uh, in, in this brave new online world to ensure, especially our sons, of course. Uh, I have a son, so I'm very conscious of that, but I'm also conscious of, of people respecting him. You know, it goes both ways. 
and uh, and and how we can uh, maybe somehow ensure that they don't end up in these dark places online or being suggested dark ways of thinking. So I had a ton of questions around all those topics and uh, we didn't get to those. So we really did focus on a male-female dynamic, but by all means, if you are in a same-sex relationship, there is a ton of stuff in here on the communication skills front that is going to be extremely useful to you as well. So I hope everybody enjoys today's show. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so much I could say about Dr. John Gray. Please do go check out his Mars Venus website. Uh, he does so many wonderful, generous interviews and, um, little tutorials and things on there. It's a very, very useful place to be. He lives in Northern California with his wife, Bonnie, and he definitely walks the talk because they have been happily married for over 30 years. They have three grown daughters, four grandchildren, and uh, and he's uh, just a wealth, of wealth, of wealth of knowledge. And he started out his young adulthood as a monk. So there's that little pivotal intrigue as well um, in terms of how that time as a monk impacted and informed uh, his time as a relationship psychologist um, for the rest of his career so far. Uh, and so um, before I kick into that uh, show and conversation, I just want to remind you we have Biome as the sponsor of the show at the moment, and that means you have 15% off their entire online or in-store experience for um, until the end of August, and your code is LOWTOX19. Now, Biome, for anyone who's outside of Australia, obviously this is not unfortunately going to be for you guys, but very quickly, it is a store founded by two by Tracy Bailey in 2003. She has been a long-time pioneer of the zero-waste, toxin-free ethical movement, uh, and they, I believe, have Australia's strictest ingredient standards in terms of also ensuring that they are um, uh, palm oil free. So there's there's a guarantee that there's no destruction of of forests. There's no uh, killing of orangutans happening if you're shopping from Biome. And this is something that even when we're shopping for low tox products. It's not one of the major considerations. We're still quite selfish in our considerations and make sure it's not going to be toxic for me or maybe for our waterways. We've moved into that way of thinking. And then Tracy takes it further and brings it out into um, the the issues of animal cruelty in the world and deforestation. So it's an admirable cause to champion. Uh, And they're a certified B Corps. And, uh, and what I love about them as well is the most massive DIY range now. So not only can you buy ready-made products and some beautiful kitchenware like your solid techniques or incredible water filters like the Waters Co. water filters that I absolutely love, um, but you can get all these incredible single raw ingredients to make your own DIY skin and hair and body care and cleaning products. So definitely go check it out. 15% off is a nice little chunk and I know you guys will enjoy it. Lowtox19 is your code and biome.com.au is the website. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. You've still got a couple of weeks of that one and enjoy today's conversation with Dr. John Gray. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, I'm very happy to be with you. I am so excited to have the opportunity to ask someone who we've been learning from for decades. I still remember the first time I heard about you was actually on the Oprah show as a young 20 something and, uh, and I ain't a young 20 something anymore, but it is, uh, (laughs) 
it's uh, it's certainly been wonderful to to learn from you over this time. And while there are so many different places we could start, and I'm sure we're going to hook into some pretty amazing information, I would love to hear the origin story of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus way back 27 years ago when you wrote it. Okay, well, I started teaching it about 32 years ago, mm-hmm. and I was, I'd was i been a monk for nine years in my 20s, so here I am. Uh, I was very sexually active as a teenager. The Beatles went to India to study with the Maharishi, said you could get high without drugs, so I went and studied with the Maharishi and never came home. I lived with him for nine years. I was his personal assistant. I'm a master meditator, and I used to teach you know, over 35,000 TM teachers, You know, so there was a big part of my life was not relationships. It was celibacy. I was completely celibate. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, my brother was bipolar. Uh, meditation did not help him. And so I decided I would stop being a monk, go study psychology. And when I studied psychology, I became a counselor, got married, joined the world, uh, and realized that I had no idea how to deal with a woman. <laughs> I've been with men my whole life. And yeah, celibacy would not be helping you out on that front. No. That's right. Well, I just, uh, you know, I had five brothers and uh, I had uh, all men when I was a celibate and very little experience with women. And when I saw them interacting with Bonnie, it was like she was from another planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and rather than be judgmental or critical or even accept her judgments and criticism of me, I love myself. You know, I mean, I, I'm happy inside. I'm an amazing guy. So you don't get defensive when you feel good about yourself. And so I was always trying to like try to figure her out. You know, why would she think that? What's going on? I realized she had no idea for what, what I needed, but I had no idea what she needed. We were like complete opposites. And then uh, so I began developing these ideas of gender difference. And there was back in 1979, there was so much opposition to it. And, and as my counselor, it was helping my clients, but, I really got a lot of blowback and I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll even not do this. It's just so controversial when you talk about men and women in one way, because, you know, we all have our male, female qualities inside. And, but quite often we get into trouble when men don't understand women and women don't understand men. So I was giving all these examples and then my wife gave me the inspiration to keep going on. It was an experience that, uh, when we had a baby, uh, she had been torn in the delivery and, and needed stitches and needed to be on pain pills for a week. And I was staying home to take care of our baby. And on the seventh day, she said, no, you have to go to the office. You have to go to the office. So I went to the office, but at the same time she ran out of pain pills. And so I came home. She said she'd been in pain all day and my brother hadn't brought him. I said, why'd you call him? You should have called me. I didn't want to bother you. You should bother me. Well, your brother, I, he should, we got to do an argument. Okay. Mm. And, you know, we hadn't been sleeping and it got all riled up. And so I just walked out of the room, you know, I'm walking out of the room because it's only getting worse. And she said, John Gray, stop. I said, I'm like, okay, what she's saying now, short sentences men can hear. <laughs> and she said, uh, you're a fair weather friend. And I'd never heard that expression. So that took me for, and she said, whenever I'm loving sweet Bonnie, you're right there for me. And when I'm not, you walk out the door. And I thought, well, that's true. <laughs> and then she said, just don't leave. Instead, come over here, sit next to me, and don't speak. Just don't speak. Just hold me. 
And I said, okay, I can do that because speaking was only making it worse. So if I didn't have to speak, I could do that. So I went <laughs> and I was very cold because I was angry. I went and sat down next to her, put my arm around her and she just melted into my arms. She really needed that hug and I just held her. And I watched miraculously how I softened. All my anger went away as she became vulnerable. And I thought, wow, I would have never imagined in my entire life that just being present with her and holding her in my arms could have transformed everything. It opened her heart and it opened my heart. And I said, every man needs to hear this. Every woman needs to know about this. And that's called women being vulnerable and men being present. And this is so, so important. Now, I've developed a whole bunch of theories all from that and vast amounts of information. But that was a real inspiration that set me on my path of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So that's how it all got started was Bonnie teaching me, stop talking and just live, just be with me. That was the first step. The next step was stop talking, just let me talk and I'll feel better. The, mm -hmm. the next step was, John, uh, this is not a big deal. This is my million dollar phrase for women to learn. I'll give it to you right away. Just if you want a man to listen, just say, John, this is not a big deal. I just need to talk about my feelings for the next five minutes. And you don't have to change. If you do, I would love it. But there's no demand here. Just hear my feelings. I just want you to know what goes on inside of me. I know you do your best. Mm. And as soon as you say to a man, this is not a big deal, he relaxes. Mm. As soon as you're emotionally upset with a guy, and, you, and he will become, he will overreact. Why that is so is because men only get emotionally upset when they're overreacting. Women get emotionally upset about little things. They're just, they're just having an emotional reaction because of their increased sensitivity. And I remember uh, learning about that one day. I was reading an article showing that men uh, in their brains, uh, under moderate stress, moderate stress, uh, they've detached. They've become more detached. And uh, literally, less blood flow goes to the emotional part of the brain. Under big stress, then men become way more emotional than women. Wow. But under little stress, women are more emotional than men. And under big stress, women detach. You know, mm -hmm. this is the mama bear. She just like, if she's in danger, she pulls her sword and she becomes a warrior. She's yeah. a soldier. You know, she's like a martial arts master. So this is like, this is this distinction. And right at that time on that day, this is so funny, I heard my wife, we have a big long house and I heard my wife say, um, she started screaming, John, 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 <laughs> like this big emotional reaction. Yeah. And so, you know, in my mind, it was like lions, tigers, and bears, you know, I mm. only become that emotional with big problem. And I ran, ran through the house to the kitchen thinking what could have happened? Is she bleeding? What happened? And she says, look, look on the floor. And I'm looking and looking. She says, the ants are back. <laughs> <laughs> So again, it's having a big reaction about little things. And so men think if a woman having emotional reaction that she's saying, this is a huge problem. This is lions, tigers, and bears. You were late. You didn't call me. I at work. I had this problem. Blah, blah, blah. We think she's overreacting. We're really, she's having a normal feminine reaction to a situation which, where a man would have a normal masculine reaction, which is detachment. Mm -hmm. So quite often women could be talking to men and you'll feel him detach and you panic. You go, what's going on? You know, and now you want to know what he's thinking, what he's feeling. Instead of sharing what you feel and think, you're asking him and you're wanting to go inside of him. 
which by the way, my daughter who teaches as well, now she's 33, she, uh, she has a technique with her partner where she says, uh, when he detaches while she's talking, because you know, women can feel connection or disconnection just like that. And it uh, unsettles you. And she says, all I do is when he detaches, I just say, so you're thinking about what I just said. And he'll say, sure, yeah. Because men are always thinking about it, but to think we tend to have to detach from our feelings. Women have a greater ease in thinking and feeling at the same time. Most men, particularly in challenging situations, if he's a little challenged by what you're saying, like he's looking for a solution, he'll tend to detach from his emotions. And then women kind of go, why did he just leave me? So mm -hmm. these are like little subtleties. There's so many little subtleties that once we kind of understand what we're dealing with, like somebody in another world, <laughs> things get easier. They're still challenging. And I will have to say that even when you have this information, there are always going to be times that are challenging and difficult. And you go, I have to do this. Yes, we have to do it. Just like if you're at your work, there's certain things you have to do that you don't like doing. That's called putting on your grown-up pants and mm -hmm. doing it, you yeah. know, and this is what we have to do in relationships. We're not children, you know, where we get everything we want from our partner when we want it, the way we want it and so forth. But that's what happens quite often is that we get into this sort of childlike part of us that's demanding and that doesn't work. We have to be grown-ups, but at the same time, we have to take responsibility, communicate to our partners what it is we're needing and make sure to ask for it. And when we don't get it, not to be demanding, but to let them know again, trusting our partners are always doing the best they can. That's what we have to get. And they just don't have the right motivation or the right information. Information is a motivator, but also love is a motivator. You know, if I want my wife to have sex with me, I can't just say, let's have sex if she's stressed. Mm. I've got to motivate her. I've got to do a lot of stuff, foreplay, a little romance, communication, some touching, then I'll get what I want. So women are always saying, why do I have to motivate a man? We have to motivate you too. You know, mm. it's not just a one-sided street. It's just, you don't have to motivate us to want sex. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, <laughs> yeah. it's like different needs for motivation for different that's, situations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And so over the last few decades, I'd imagine you have experienced and, and witnessed a lot of um, gender, uh, traditional gender role blurring, obviously kicked off by the feminist movement in the 70s. And I feel like we're all still trying to figure out how this new world looks. I mean, if you look at the research, women are still dealing with the bulk of everything at home, but also trying to advance their careers and move into, you know, C-suite positions these days. So, uh, and, and, and men are, I sometimes feel like men might be a bit lost in this new world of, like no one wrote the memo for them on how they progress with the women as the women are charging ahead and conquering everything. And I'm, I'm curious to know, not that this, I feel like all men are disempowered, that's a complete generalisation um, that I'm not making, um, but I feel like it's a complicated time for men and women in the home in um, traditional gender roles being gone, yet traditional gender responsibility still largely being with women. How do we move forward in that space? Traditional responsibilities and expectations. Yes, uh, there's expectations, great word, of course. A lot of expectations that we have. And 
what we have is, there's a lot you just said, and I totally empathize with what women go through today. One wonderful book on it called Second Shift. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, women, they, they, they got this work job, then they come home for their more traditional job. It's double the work. And mm -hmm. a man, like you said, he hasn't got the memo. It's, he hasn't, first of all, he didn't choose it. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, there's, a, there's a choice here, and so and and men allow it, you know. And, and other cultures, men don't even allow it. Okay, so it, and not that men have the power of women. We have to get things are really changed, and and it's a good thing that we all have choice. Okay, so we we like that. Generally speaking, men still don't have choice. By the way, I mean he can, <laughs> he still has to have a job and go to work. She's just also having a job to go to work. He still needs to come home. But what he has is, and she doesn't have a choice when, when he gets at home, there's all this stuff and he's not doing it and he's sitting there doing his thing. Mm -hmm. So what is his thing? We, we want to address this new challenge and problem with an understanding of men and women and their unique biology. Okay, so biology plays in here and, and I can say a lot of things and I'll get blowback on it unless I get into the biology. So let me yeah, just- it's important. Some biology because there's no blowback on this. We all know that women's hormones are different from men. Mm. Okay, one of the major differences is men have at least 10 times more testosterone than women. Another major difference is that women have 10 times more estrogen than men. Okay, so here we have that basis. Also, if a woman's going to have an orgasm, it's going to be 20 times more estrogen than a man. Okay, so, so there, there's realities here that we have to contend with. And for men to have romantic feelings towards a woman, he has to have at least 20, 30, maybe even 40 times more testosterone than her at that time. So wow. when men are feeling romantic, their testosterone levels surge. Mm. Now, mine, having created a 34-year marriage where we had regular great, great sex, never went away. The passion's always been there because we worked at it. We did these skills that I teach. My testosterone as a 60, how old am I, 67-year-old man is 50% higher than when I was a young man. This wow. is designed. well done, sir. Yeah, men, men are not designed to lose testosterone, but if they're successful in life, in their marriage, their testosterone will go up. And, I, and people can go, oh, but John, you're a best-selling author, you've made a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. There's so many men that I know that are very, very successful who are no longer having sex with their wives, their testosterone levels hit the dirt. You know, they're busy on doing their porn or different women, playboys and all that kind of stuff because they can't sustain the interest in their partner because ironically, they love their partner, but love is estrogen stimulating. So okay. typically you'll see statistically in our modern world, not in the indigenous world, but in our modern world, men's testosterone levels go down because, uh, well, for a variety of reasons, uh, a lot, uh, you know, there's, there's, estrogen in the meats that we eat. There's pesticides register in the body as estrogen. So a lot of other factors, but taking all that to the side, also when you fall in love, you get married, men's testosterone levels take a dive. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's just statistical. And the, the amount of sex they have starts to decrease, decrease, decrease. These are generalities, but they're big gener generalizations and they're accurate. And then there's, um, uh, a woman's interest in sex typically becomes less and less until, until he's not interested. Then she says, I want more sex, but she doesn't necessarily feel she's lubricated to have it. She just likes to have him being interested in her. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of realities there where she's complaining there's no sex. She's also saying you're not being attentive and doing the things I need so that I can fully enjoy sex. 
Mm. And she's, her hormones are out of balance, which we now know so many women are taking hormones. We know that mood, mood swings, stress, stress inhibits estrogen production in your body. Estrogen is your emotional side. You can't feel your, your need for love and appreciate what you have. You know, ultimately we all have food, we all have air, we all have houses, we all have love. I mean, this is, we should be happy all the time. I mean, look at the refugees, you know, I mean, <laughs> compare your life to them. And suddenly it seems like the richer couples get, the more unhappy women become and the more bored and disinterested men become. These are like things that are happening in our modern world. Yeah. And so if, if I could sum up my new message, which is what you asked about, which is the lines between the sexes are blurred and I'm not into traditional roles. What mm -hmm. I'm into is understanding biology. Regardless of what roles you choose, we have to realize that for women, their challenge is that when they're stressed, for modern women today, they tend to not be making enough female hormones. Why? Because when they're making male hormones, testosterone, they lose their ability to make female hormones. Okay, testosterone- so it's like a seesaw. It's like a seesaw, the short, and there's a lot of biology I put in my book, Beyond Mars and Venus, explaining yeah, all the actual of that, but just simply put, it's, it's a seesaw. When you're on your male side, your female side tends to go down in production. If you're on your female side, your male side tends to go down in production. And, you know, one contradiction there is people know, oh, but if a woman's way on her female side, that's when she's getting a lot of foreplay. That's when she's feeling loved, romantic and whatever. Why is it that then she has strong sex drive? It's because her estrogen levels go so high, too high, then her testosterone comes up to balance it and it creates desire in her. Mm -hmm. So that, that uh, you know, a lasting sexual relationship is where the man does things to increase estrogen in a woman. She does things to motivate him to create estrogen in a woman. And she has a life that also creates estrogen in her. So she's not looking just to the man. So that then it gets high enough to where then the body will come in and kick in her testosterone and she will desire sex more than him. So this is like, this is like great sex. And of course it takes lots of foreplay generally to get my wife to, want the sex more than me because I'll hold off. You know, I won't put it in until she's begging for it. See, that's the great <laughs> desire in her. This, this yeah. man rushing the whole thing. It kills the romance. It kills the sexual desire. Uh, over time, couples lose interest because they don't have proper sex skills. A lot of foreplay creating desire in women. And ironically, the behind a man's sexual desire is a neediness. Uh, it's like, you know, I need this to be relaxed and to feel happy. But if he can generate desire in her, his neediness goes away. And then it's a pure desire to please her because mm -hmm. that's pure masculinity is pure desire. Pure femininity is pure need. This is what I need. Most women don't even know what they need. They can tell me they know what they need, but if they're unhappy, uh, they don't know what they need. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. If you're unhappy, you don't, want, you don't know what you need. Otherwise, you'd have it. And the mm -hmm. truth is you do have it. You think your husband's supposed to give you more? Do you have friends in your life? All these people out there, can you go and go stand in line and give food to the poor? There's so many things you can do to increase your estrogen so you're not depending on your husband for everything. He should just top you off. See, that's the right attitude. That's <laughs> it's, such a good point. I mean, we these these nucleuses that we've got ourselves into to the point where everything is the family unit and, and that can often ostracize us from the community around us, right? And that's a, it's got a huge set of drawbacks. Yeah, we, we, got, we got it all messed up because part of it is it's just natural that you see all this romance in movies. Romance is 
let's define romance. It's when a man is doing something for the woman. It's not the woman doing something for the man. Okay. So, <laughs> and the woman has motivated him in some way to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And don't just become romantic. Okay. Men are ro- motivated because they know what they're supposed to do. And a woman has motivated him to do it. And what motivates him to do it is that smile on her face, the anticipation that if I do this for her, I get big reward, her happiness. So think about when you're dating a woman and he just, I remember when my daughters were young and they'd have a, they'd go dating some guy. Then they're all talking about, and she said, oh, he called me. He called me. And they're so excited, so excited. He just called. Say when in the dating process, as a man does little things, women get so excited. Then you're married. They take you for granted. You know, he should do bigger things and the big, the little things don't work. And also I have to say on the other side of it, men stop doing the little things. Because in a man's mind, he's testing. They've done all the little things. They've got they've the girl. The, why do it again? And now I'm doing the big stuff. I do the big stuff. So the little stuff should be nothing. It's like, why give you pennies and nickels? I give you dollars, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of trying to understand each other. And we don't have that understanding of our design is to complement each other. In a sense, opposites that fit together. I mean, literally, it's a circle and a, a point. It's going like this. Now, when a woman are trying to like, what is a man feeling? What is he thinking? And all this stuff, she's going into him. Listening is penetrating. Asking questions is penetrating. Penetration is masculine energy. Receiving, feeling heard, being understood, being protected, feeling cared for. That's receptive energy. All day long, women are penetrating. They're like solving problems, fixing it, achieving their goals. They're going out there. This is an imbalance. It needs to be balanced by receptivity. That's the feminine side. That's the female hormones. That's emotions for her to be emotional. Now, here's the catch. If she's been in her male side all day and she's stressed, her female hormones are really low. She's going to go way over to testosterone land, way over there. To find balance, do you think she can come right back to balance? That's not the way the world works. So it's like a pendulum. You swing one way, you're going to swing further to the other direction and emotions are non-logical so she has to give herself permission to express emotion which is non-logical but if she's so hooked into her male side these emotions will start to emerge but she has to make logical sense of them and so she starts to blame her partner like because he's deficient she's feeling these things rather than recognize these are just crazy emotions that come up and everybody's has them Men have crazy emotions too. They just tend to detach in order to manage them. And now today, oh, psychology is telling men, oh, you got crazy emotions. You should talk about it. No, you shouldn't. And you shouldn't talk about it with your wife. When you have crazy emotions, you should take a time out and recognize anytime you have crazy emotions, whether you're a man or woman, you're on your estrogen side. But for women... What they should do is talk it out with somebody who can listen, not their husband, because he's going to think you're crazy at that time. And he's going to feel attacked and defensive, and you're not going to be able to feel heard. You talk to somebody else till you find your balance. Then you go talk about your feelings to your partner. What a man needs to do is when he's feeling crazy emotions, and anytime you're angry, man, you're having crazy emotions. Uh, this is the person you love. You'll give your life for her, and you're going to get mad at her. Are you nuts? <laughs> you're gonna, you know, you're mistreating this this is the woman you pledged your life to. This is her. This is the special woman in your life and you're mad at her. Now I'm saying for women, it's okay. Let your feelings come up, but just talk to them about somebody else. But for a man, 
it's irrational. And what men need to do when they're on their female side is they become rational right away. It's the first step. So what does he do? He needs to take time away to de detach, which increases testosterone, do something that he's good at, that increases testosterone. And once his testosterone comes back up, his estrogen will start going down, and now he'll feel his heart open again and go back and give more love to your wife. And don't go back and tell her why she's wrong for being upset. That's stupid. Logically, you don't do things that don't work. Yet we do this, couples do this all the time. They just get in these escalating arguments and fights and they feel guilty and bad. They do end up having good sex. That's called makeup sex. Because they expressed emotion, that's always a good thing. Mm -hmm. But after a while they stop having sex because you feel like your partner's a minefield. You have to watch out to avoid those painful arguments. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a payoff in the early stage of these big arguments because you do get in touch with what you feel. But for men, negativity is not what you feel. It's like you come back to your male side, you feel testosterone come up, you're logical. And then from a place of logic, you're able to understand how you contributed to the, part, to the problem. There's no such thing as a problem that two people don't create. So your job as men is to look at how you contributed. If you know how you contributed, you know what you can do next time. So you not have to go back and blame your partner. Blame is out of the out of the just ruins relationships. Asking for more works, but not blaming your partner, not complaining your one. partner, not shooting your partner. It's asking. And you can't ask unless you're coming from a place of already getting enough. Just to get that concept is, is huge. If you ask for more from your partner, you're giving with strings. If you give more to your partner, expecting to get more. So this is the thing women do a lot. I'm going to give a lot, then I'm going to get a lot. You'll get less. You always get less if you give more than you're getting. I'll say it again. You will always get less if you, get, if you give more than you're getting. Every woman practically, after 40 years of counseling, when they're unhappy and they're unhappy with their partner, they're unhappy with their relationship, they'll always say almost the same thing. I give and give and give and give. I don't get back. And I say, gee, you should have stopped that a long time ago. I, actually, I don't say that, but I can say that <laughs> now. First, I empathize. I hear their feelings. I listen to the, I want to understand. She feels hurt. Then I explain that this concept that we just got to is if you give more than you're getting, you will get less. If you give like a moon, imagine you're the moon. He's the sunshine. Give back to him. Always give from a place of fullness. And if he's not giving to you, then get from your friendships, from your work, from your life, from the garden, from the air you breathe, from the shower you take in the morning. Take, take it all in and be grateful for what you have. When you come from a place of fullness, then give love without strings. When you give love without strings, you will always get more. And if you don't, then it's okay to ask for more because you're coming from a place of fullness. Coming from a place of emptiness just does not work. Mm. Such, such good advice. Um, so who folds the laundry and feeds the kids and <laughs> does everything? How do we get that, all of that home stuff? And learning how to ask. You have to realize he has yeah. not seen his father do it. He yeah. has not been trained yeah. to do it. Men do not make, we are trained as men to make money to get love, period. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what you and want to And we're still say, trained that. It's right. not even trained, it's a reality. You have to have something to provide for your partner. <laughs> Mm. you're not providing something for your partner. So it's, a, it, it, it's so deeply embedded to men that we need to provide for women. And if we don't, women don't love us. And that's, 
that's just what it's at. And, and, it, and there's always going to be exceptions to this. I remember teaching a class at Stanford University and the, the young feminists were saying, I don't care if a husband makes money. I'll marry because I'm making money. <laughs> and I go, okay, wait till you have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you have babies and your husband's sitting around watching video games. Uh, that's not going to work. So let me give you a paradigm that I see a lot when a couple, when the wife is making more money than the husband. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. And I'm not against that. I mean, sometimes very practical. You got kids, the wife can make three times more because she's educated and he's not. You have to realize one of the challenges today is in America, uh, twice as many women graduate from college as men. Wow, that's huge. Oh, the world's changing. Mm. If you look at women under 35 who are single, they make 20, 30% more than men who are 35 and under who are single. It's just the old folks that are, women are making less or the poor women, they will accept weak, uh, cheaper jobs. But if you look at, compare for the same job, women are excelling today. They're doing better in every single subject at school. They're excelling in school and women are looking around where are the educated men. <laughs> They're not finding them but they're happy to have a man. And so she's now making more money than him. So here's the dynamic. This shows you really the difference between men and women. And then we'll look at the solution to the problem. I'm gonna present a dark problem. She's now making more money. Now, she comes home after a stressful day and he, he says, oh honey, I'm so happy to see you. I, I, I got a babysitter today since you make so much money and I was able to go play golf with my friends. And then I got to sit on the video game. I got this new video game for you to, to play with. It's just totally great. I just had the best day of my life. I'm just so lucky to have a wife who works so hard for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what's her experience in that moment? Is she like so happy that he's happy? <laughs> maybe not. Not. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. But let me, let me, let me turn the tables. I, I'm a workaholic. I grind. I've written 27 books. I travel the world. I take up the presses, beat me up so many times to do what I do. So I'm out there, I'm doing the dirty, dangerous, difficult stuff. And you know what? I love it because when I come home, my wife says to me, oh, John, I'm so lucky to have her, her, her feelings. And basically, I'm so lucky to be married to you. We have this beautiful home. We have helped run this home. I went shopping today. I want to show you the beautiful dresses that I bought. Oh, I didn't have to make this appointment. I got to have lunch with my friends. Do you know what my experience is? <sighs> it was all worth it. Uh, I did my job. Now I can relax. And she's very happy for me just to relax. And I'm in my cave and I'm not helping out with anything. And she's as happy as can be because she had all day to do whatever she wanted to do. She wasn't doing, quote, the dirty, dangerous, difficult, stress producing jobs. And now today, women are doing dirty, difficult, dangerous, stress-producing jobs. And now they come home. And if they even do that other stuff that used to not be so stress-producing, that used to be actually kind of easy, when you don't have enough time, you don't have help, it's very Mm stress-producing. So our stress levels double. We're in a real mess here. Yeah, because a lot of people don't have the help. You know, they they can't afford the help. Our middle-class situation is evaporating. And, And there's husbands who do all of the... She's making more money, he's staying home, they vacuum, they clean, they take care of the children, and they're still having no sex. Wow, okay, so even when we're successfully uh, changing the money dynamic, the, the bedroom dynamic isn't happening. 
Absolutely. I watched a woman on TV the other day. <laughs> she, she, would say, she would say, oh, I got the best husband in the world. He's the perfect wife. He does everything because I make so much more money than him. He stays home, takes care of the kids, does the laundry, does the cleaning, does the cooking. He's amazing, amazing husband. And then they say, well, how's your sex life? Oh, we haven't had sex in years. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I mean, that yeah. to me was just a perfect example of what yeah. can happen. Doesn't mean everybody is going to happen, but mm -hmm. there's sexless marriages going on everywhere. And there's also traditional relationships where men are, are out there working, women are home, and they're having sexless marriages. So it's not just one or the other. Yeah. It's learning how to make sure our emotional needs are met. If I'm staying home, my wife's out working, then I need to make sure that when she comes home, that she gets what she needs. What she needs is not to feel how happy I am. She needs to hear that I'm interested in her. I care about her. I planned a romantic date for us. I'm going to do some nice things for her. And that's all her feeling special, cared for, and supported. That's, there's no needs from my side of her at all. So I'm just going to give to her when she gets home. So that's something that women need. She also, she has to understand that then once I do that, I'm going to have to go out and drink beer with my friends. I'm going to have to go hang out with men. I'm going to have to go do men things. I'm going to have to go do some competitive sports. I'm going to have to do things on my own. I'm going to have my cave time. Probably want to go fishing for the weekend just to get away from all this nurturing stuff. And that she's going to have to be okay with that. So she has to have a personal life when she gets home that's not dependent on me for everything. So then you, you basically have to exaggerate some of the things I'm talking about because she's way on her male side. She's making testosterone. She needs way more, way more estrogen and she needs permission to not be the executive and to be a little crazy. And he mm. needs to understand that. But more importantly, she needs to understand that. She's the one who doesn't understand it. She's so locked up inside. She can't share what she's feeling. And when she can't share what she's feeling, the man carries all those feelings and wants to talk more. So she's going to have Mr. Talkie at home, which is the stupidest thing if they understood men and women. Women should always talk more than men in order to open her up. Because let's remember, we're trying to balance the male-female energies. The masculine energy is penetrating. That's listening. I'm going inside of you. I'm loving what's inside of you. I'm hearing what's inside of you. I'm interested in what's inside of you. It's sex. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But it's emotional sex. It's mm. I go into you. That's masculinity. Femininity is I'm showing you. I'm undressing in front of you. I'm showing you what you got and I'm delighting in it. I'm appreciating it. But these women who are way on their male side, they've forgotten their female side. They can't open up. And so what they'll tend to do is they want him to open up. And then they get sick of what they hear. And then they feel guilty for wanting to not hear it. And then so they justify not wanting to listen to him talk. They have to become busier and busier. And there's and I'm talking about couples where the man does all the stuff at home. Mm. So now let's talk about your original question, which is they're out there both working. They come home. Men need cave time, yeah. period. I don't care what women are doing. What the, that's what his needs are. If he's been using, his, using up his testosterone during the day, simply put, these are all simple, simplified. I explained the real concrete biology, but... It's more to it, but he uses up his testosterone on a stressful day. He has to rebuild it when he comes home. He can't rebuild it when he comes home if he's doing nurturing activities or interacting with her in a nurturing way. Mm -hmm. He can't rebuild it. That's estrogen stimulating. Mm -hmm. so he has to take something to relax his muscles and rebuild the testosterone, and it will rebuild if he's relaxing and not worrying and not having any emotion. So he needs to take time to detach. 
and relax. Is this med- why men watch action movies? Because they don't have to do anything, but <laughs> they imagine their superhero over there saving the world. So yeah. they're part of them that feels the testosterone is being mm. produced by that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely the action movie thing. That's also the sports thing. You have to realize when men want to be heroes, being a hero increases testosterone. So he's relaxing his muscles and he's watching his favorite guy score a touchdown. That's him running across the field. All those people are cheering. That's my team. He's alive. But his muscles are also relaxing, allowing his testosterone to not be used up. It rebuilds. But if he's having a conversation with his wife where he's actually penetrating and hearing her feelings, connecting with her, that's estrogen stimulating. So he's not going to have that urge to enter into you. So what's going to happen at that time is he needs to have detachment. Buddha taught this. That was the whole thing of meditation, primarily taught to men. Because think about what men will often say to women. Honey, just forget it. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But that's what men need to do for themselves. Don't worry about it. Forget it. It's no big deal. And that's what meditation is. Empty the mind. Do something you're good at. Think a mantra over and over, whatever it is. And you just let your mind be empty. Now you can go jogging, whatever you do, you jog. This is a male thing to forget your problems. I see all these women going out jogging, pushing. They look like soldiers. They're on their male side more because they don't want to go to their female side. They can't handle their female side because they've gone so far to their masculine side. If they go to their female side, craziness comes up. Then when craziness comes up, the logical mind has to justify it by making whoever they're married to wrong or making all men wrong or making their job wrong. They got to blame somebody as opposed to anytime you're not feeling love, that's your problem. Period. Mm-hmm. You can disagree. You can not like it. I don't like the president. I don't like this person. I don't like that person. We need to do something about it. But to be upset about it, then I'm out of balance. Who's in charge of putting me back in balance? And if you come back in balance, it doesn't mean you're not motivated to create change in the world. You're creating change from a place of happiness, from fulfillment and motivation. And often feeling those negative emotions will motivate you. I mean, they tell you what's wrong, this and this and this. But you reflect on that and you go, okay, but I'm still not able to think about this situation and feel good. If you can't feel good about something, you're still irrational. That, that's a, a bigger picture of the world, which is to look at life as we're responsible. I'm accountable for what I create in my life. She's responsible for hers. My job is not to make my wife happy. My job is to make her happier. And I want to make her happier. And if she's not happy, I had to learn I didn't fail. That's a real important thing because men get all bent out of shape and defensive. Their wives get unhappy and we get all defensive. You shouldn't be unhappy. Why are you unhappy? You shouldn't feel that way because we're getting defensive thinking that she should be happy. No, she's not going to be happy all the time. I talk about it in my books. Women like waves. They go up, they go down. That's emotions do that. Men do that too. But more importantly, men will tend to get close and pull away. Close, pull away. Women tend to go up and down. And I say to men, think of it, men. Women are like the weather. They're connected to the earth. The weather changes all the time. They're changing their outfits all the time. (laughs) This is, that's the female energy, you know? And for the people listening, you go, for the men who go, well, I'm that way. And for the women that say, oh, I'm from Mars. Yes, you're out of balance. And yes, I have all those qualities inside of me and I will express all of them if I'm in balance and it's always done with joy and happiness. If you're out of joy and happiness and love, you're out of balance. And who can bring you back into balance? Yourself. And in our modern world, typically, 
men will find they're angry or they're afraid, they're defensive, they're argumentative, they're irritable, they're bored, they're apathetic, only when their testosterone levels go below the necessary level, which is generally caused by high estrogen levels. And what they have to do is something to boost their testosterone and disconnect from anything that stimulates estrogen. Then they come back into balance. See, part of why I go off on a little trip, a little hunting trip, go fishing, go teach a seminar, whatever, that pumps up my testosterone. All I'm thinking about when I get home is having sex with my wife. <laughs> I don't need cave time. I've had plenty of cave time. My mm. testosterone is present. It's like right there. So why do I get horny? Why do I suddenly want sex? Because sex is connecting with the female in my life, the person I love, and you make love. Man is actually getting desires a woman more and more if his testosterone is higher than his estrogen. The higher his estrogen goes, the lower his testosterone goes, and then he loses his desire for her. He doesn't need to connect with her. He already has plenty of estrogen. So men have to go to their world. Women go to their world. Then they come together, and it's passion. So, so in the newness of a relationship, I know that another question women have is always how to keep the passion alive. Same thing for men. So you know, my wife's not interested in sex, what happened, or he's got, the problem with men when they don't have libido is they don't think it's a problem because they don't want to say, I don't have a libido. It's very embarrassing for a man to say I'm not turned on. <laughs> so that's like deep, deep shame uh, mm -hmm. associated with that. You know, I mean, so many men are just wasting their life force with the porn online because here's the paradox with men. You can't get turned on to your wife because you love her. That stimulates estrogen, keeps your testosterone down. But a woman online, you don't love her, you never met her, it's new, it's different. Those are all dopamine and testosterone stimulators and no estrogen. Mm -hmm. So his testosterone can come alive again. But the more he does that, the more desensitized his brain becomes to high dopamine from that. And now he can't get turned on to his wife at all. Mm. Teenagers are finding that out now. We have boys, lots, lots happening, uh, 21 years old who are impotent. What happened? You know, masturbating three times a day. Masturbation is natural and normal, but too much is not good. Too much of anything which is good is not good. Mm. And part of one of my things is I'm teaching young men how to masturbate without always ejaculating. It's the ejaculate that's the, that weakens you as a man. Every time you ejaculate, if you're a male, you lose about a week's supply of zinc. And oh, wow. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, one ejaculate you lose. And so your body has to rebuild and usually we're not getting enough zinc anyway. And, and when you eat a lot of sugar, you deplete yourself of zinc as well. But anyway, you ejaculating away all your, all of your zinc. Uh, you, you basically have lower and lower levels of testosterone. You need higher and higher stimulation. So it becomes, that's what an addiction is. I think it's, you just explained teen male acne there, Dr. Gray. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. Zinc it's, is such a key nutrient against acne, and so many teen boys get it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay, right. Really, it's really very unfortunate. Mm, uh, huge. I mean, they're just they're, and, and porn is an addiction. It's like cocaine. Yeah. It is yeah. so powerful to the physiology. Forget about whatever condition he has from his parents or anything. It's instinctive. If you see a bunch of naked women that want to have sex with you, your instincts just come in and say ready to go. I'm king for a day, king for three minutes. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. about it. And then you need it again and you need it again. And the whole thing is you have to go through abstinence. You have to rebuild. You need more zinc. You need more other minerals, which by the way, I talk about this all at my website, how to replenish yourself. Yeah. You've got so many fantastic videos in there as well. I'm going to yeah. pop everything in the show notes.
Okay, great. Because the minerals are really important to replete men. Uh, you know, this basic thing about men, even with zinc, is that if a man releases, ejaculates, if he releases on Saturday night with his wife and he doesn't release for six days, on the seventh day, his testosterone levels will double. Wow. Okay, this, is, this is the Japanese research for athletes. They will perform better if they can go for six days without masturbating. And now they don't teach it because they can't do that. They don't know how to do it. It's a training of how to learn how to allow the erection to go away through masturbation. See, you wake up with this big erection every day. I mm. mean, this is, this is normal for every man. It's, you know, a, health, me, it's a health uh, yardstick, but then that's a bit well, of a pun. It's, it's a, yeah, a, a nice, nice pun. <laughs> like that one. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I loved it. I loved it. It's a healthy yardstick. I have to use that one. So, but that lets you know that lets you know that you have healthy testosterone levels. You know, you can be at any age, that's what it should be. If you go to indigenous tribes, that's what's going to happen in every man until he dies. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, they can make babies in their 90s. You know, they wow. got the juice. Yeah, this is known. This is amazing. This is how we're designed to be as men, every day a yardstick. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you release every day, but what happens is it will naturally go down if it just gets some gentle stimulation without the intent to release. We're addicted to the release. And then you have the 4th of July when you actually do it with a woman. It's just amazing. It keeps the passion going. It keeps the excitement going. And uh, unfortunately, people don't have this knowledge. Uh, what I, what this, this is knowledge of a 6,000-year-old system of China, Taoism, and what they talk about the importance of the, the seminal fluid in males is so, so significant. But now we know the science of it is you got to have zinc. It's not just about acne. It's about every brain cell needs zinc to protect itself. And it's a, it protects neurons in the brain from mercury. And we have this mercury toxicity going on in our life today. And if you have zinc and, and zinc deficiency, mercury has a much bigger damaging effect, oxidizing effect in your brain. So I think that's one of the major things causing ADD. Five times more males have ADD type symptoms as well. I wrote a whole book on that. Uh, and and <laughs> that's one of the things you have to learn. It's not in that book because it's a little too advanced, uh, but you have to actually get the teenagers in the room and teach them how to do this. Uh, wow. But it's, it's so, so important. The, my motivating factor, I say, would you like to last for an hour with a woman in the bedroom? Mm, yeah, that's... <laughs> they don't like to last that long. I said, this is the training to do it. Wow. And, and of course, the training for me for women is women do not know their sexual potential until they can have a partner who is able to maintain one for an hour and, and not release. And that's really, really key. It's like women are really missing out. Uh, and part of what, it's a mutual thing. If women can't get in touch with their emotions, if a woman can be in touch with their emotions, a man will automatically last longer. But if a man can last longer, he can help a woman to get to higher and higher levels of emotionality. Because as I mentioned, you know, uh, one thing is through communication, what we learn in therapy is help women express emotions, which are irrational without somebody coming in and telling, trying to fix you. I mean, just to, to validate the idea how irrational emotions are is, you know, we've all been very, very upset about something and the next day it's okay, right? Yeah. You know, oh, it's, you're so upset, next day, okay, that's what it is. Well. 
nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in the room. I mean, I watch this with women. I help them get in touch with all their vulnerable feelings and everything. They cry, they get upset, whatever. And they leave my office happy and I haven't given any advice. Nothing has changed in their life. Mm -hmm. They just feel better. And what that is all about is simply not so much, okay, I processed this. I understood this about my childhood and all these things. That's helpful. But the real key is it balance their hormones. Women need to be able to go to this place of crazy emotions and men don't. And then what happens is one of the easy ways to do that is something very nifty in psychology is when you're upset to recognize 90% of what you're upset about anytime you're upset about has to do with unresolved issues from your past. And it does. I mean, that's a reality in my opinion. And so what you do is when somebody's upset, listen to it for a little while, then create a context that says, and when else did you feel that way? And when else did you feel that way? And if you go back to childhood, every child has crazy emotions. You know, that this is what children are. They don't have yet developed the reasonable faculty. So they get all upset over no ice cream. And now they're crying. I'll never get ice cream again. I don't get my ice cream. I have to have ice cream to be happy, blah, blah, blah. They cry for a little while. Then they're fine. Okay. Unless parents just give them the ice cream and they never learn how to let go of negative emotions. Our parents say to the child, you shouldn't be upset. Stop crying. So that's our childhood. We have two things that our parents are still doing, either giving the child the ice cream or telling them not to feel rather than creating a context where it's safe for them to feel. They can't control everything, but there's a validation of feelings and a skill in moving through emotions. And that's other books that I've written is the skill of moving away from anger and sadness, fear, guilt, all those shame things in order to come back to open heart. And mm. women will naturally do it if they're taught a little bit about emotions, uh, emotional intelligence and so forth. But generally, emotional intelligence doesn't really explain gender. It doesn't explain that if you're way on your male side, if you were to look in your Pandora's box, you're a little crazy for a little while. And you're not really crazy. What you're doing is expressing all of the suppressed feelings that you had to suppress throughout the day. Yeah. And, and then, then they try to throw that on men and say that men had all these suppressed feelings throughout the day, but we don't. Okay. It's a, we're Damn not, it. We don't. Now, but what we do have, okay, is that men can become out of balance. Then they have these suppressed feelings. Okay. If a man is not in his masculinity, he's way on his female side, then he is suppressing his female stuff and he shouldn't go to his wife with his female side. He should go to his wife always when his male side is dominating his female side. And that creates safety for her female side to come forth. When men are more emotional, women become more detached. Mm. And so, so when men are on the female side, that's when they need the cave, the sports, the yeah. whatever it is that's going to get them. Yeah. Okay. Fishing trip. I get it. Or solving problems. Okay. Mm. You, know, I, you know how I learned this was years ago. I was learning about the cave and meditation as a way to boost your testosterone levels. But the, I talked to one of my brothers who's a math PhD and he said, well, I don't meditate, but I noticed that if I'm upset, I can just start doing math problems in my head. It goes away. And now a traditional therapist might say, oh, he's in denial. I went, no, he just produced the testosterone so that all that estrogen goes down and he's no longer emotionally crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to be all upset over nothing, but we too tend to do that. We tend to pick out little things and get irritated and annoyed by it. It circulates over and over and over, we become compulsive about negative thoughts. This is all like human neurosis. And what I see on a very black and white, very foundation level is as every man and woman, we all have a male and female side. 
And when we're in balance, both qualities come out. Like right now, I'm on my male-female side. I'm, I'm feeling empathy and understanding what women might be hearing, what men might be hearing. I'm thinking about that stuff. I'm good at what I do. I'm keeping the time and aware. I'm trying to listen to you. All those things is the flow. The flow just goes. That's when you're both, both your male and female qualities are coming forth. But if I was angry, defensive, my female, um, my estrogen's too high. Here's interesting, just to put it simple terms, anger in men is testosterone turning into estrogen. Oh, wow. That's biological yeah. truth. We have an enzyme called aromatase, and it converts mm. testosterone into estrogen. It weakens us. Whenever we're angry and emotional, it weakens us as man. And we shouldn't do it. We should do it if we're centered. I can talk about, oh, I'm concerned about this, and oh, I was frustrated about this, or I'm angry about that. But it doesn't have that charge that says, I demand someone to change in the outer world in order to agree with me, in order for me to feel peaceful. Mm -hmm. It comes from a centered place. And open-heartedness with my wife, if I feel angry, she would immediately go, I'm not talking to you, and walk out of the room. And I learned if I'm starting to feel angry, I said, okay, I'm going to take some time out. I need to think about it. And she trained me to do that. Okay, she just said, if you, if, you don't, if you don't have love in your heart, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. And, and so then one time I was like, didn't have love in my heart and she didn't say anything. And I just, well, I need to take a time out. Go think about this. And she, and I went away and I felt guilty for doing it, you know, because men pull away generally women get, why didn't you finish the conversation? And when I came back, she said to me, John, thanks so much for taking that time out. I was starting to escalate and I really appreciate that. And suddenly I felt like, oh, okay, this is a good thing. I have approval for doing it. Because ultimately, we all want approval from our partners, the person we love the most. And typically, when men start to pull away, quite commonly, women shame them for that. Okay, why are you pulling away? Why did you do this? They try to draw him back into the conversation at a time where he needs to pull away and detach because there's a dragon about to come out. He needs mm. to protect her from the dragon. Hollywood has really screwed us over, hasn't it, in showing us what actually biologically doesn't make sense right. as truth. As oh, as truth. As truth. Yeah. yeah, it shows us all this. And they're all acting. And, mm -hmm. and I love psychology, but a lot of psychology today is, is uh, gender neutral. And you just everything gets confused when you're gender neutral. You know, they're saying, oh, man, you need to express your feelings to your partner. Women are saying, oh, I want him to express his feelings. What's he feeling? Actually, at those times, you as a woman, you need to express your feelings. You need to tell him, I just need to express these feelings and you will feel connected. What women need most to, to balance their hormones is connection. What men need most is, what, what men need most is to feel successful in providing for her what she needs, which is connection. Mm. If I don't need a connection so much, I provide the connection for her and I feel happy. So success on the male side, connection on the female side. So if a woman needs connection to find balance, here's, here's her here, and mm -hmm. she listens to him. She's penetrating him. What is she doing by listening to him? She's being the man. He's being the woman. Mm -hmm. So when women want to feel connection, if, the, if he's not going into her, she feels this urge. I've got to find out what he's thinking and feeling. What you really need at that time is not vitamin C. You need vitamin D. You need him to come into you. So, and people say, no, I know what I need. I said, no, you don't. Anybody who's like unhealthy, they don't know what they need. You know, if I'm prescribing nutritional supplements, like they have vitamin C deficiency. 
and they have a deficiency, it's because they don't know they need it. You need to eat some more oranges, period. But so we get sick because we don't know what we need. Same thing in relationships. We don't know what we need. And when we don't know what we need, we tend to crave the things we don't need. That's just the way it is. If you, if you don't have what you need, you're in balance, then you're starting to go out of balance. And when you go out of balance, there's a momentum that pushes you all the way down to where you can't even come back. So when you're out of balance, it takes an act of will against what you'd like to do to come back into balance. Everybody knows you go exercise, you feel better. But if you really need the exercise, you'll resist going. Mm -hmm. Unless you're in that mode of being in balance, you're in the flow, you know how to do it. So often to do the right thing is not what I feel like doing. You know, oh, I don't feel like doing it. Oh, I feel like just expressing all my feelings. I'm going to dump on my partner. No, that doesn't work. I've got to be myself. I have to be my true self. No, no that's <laughs> not your true self. That's your crazy self. Go find, find your balance and then be your true self. So important. And so such an important reframe to, to put it back on ourselves to find our own balance before trying to find, trying to make someone else get us balanced because that's not going to work. Mm. And there's, you know, everything has certain limitations. Okay. Say, let's say you're not having, getting what you need in a relationship. So you give yourself what you need. You have friends, you have a life, you have your work and you feel in balance. You feel happy. And then you come home and you're just happy. Doesn't mean you're going to get more in the relationship. It means there's going to be harmony. There'll be a peacefulness in the relationship because you're not demanding more. So then how do you get more? If you're not getting more, you're not, then you need to ask for it. But before you ask, you always want to give your partner more. That's mm -hmm. the deal. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy in myself, but I want more. You see, you can be happy and want more. That's another thing people don't understand. I'm so happy and I always want more. I want to sell more books. I want to get out to where I want the world to be a better place. You know, I want my house to be in order and all always want more. Wanting more is natural and normal. So if I want, but I'm happy at the same time, that comes from gratitude. That's being happy. And that's your, again, gratitude is your female side. Wanting more is your male side. So I have both those things together. So if you want more in a relationship, you come back to your balance inside yourself where you find your center, where you're not demanding change from your partner in order to be happy. What you want is to be happier. And to be happier, you need behavioral changes. So you have to ask for that because your partner's doing their best. And if you're happy, they assume you're getting enough. There's no mm. motivation. So what motivates them, at, motivates a woman or a man, is now give them more. Find out what they want, give them more, and you will get more. And they will automatically give it back unless they don't know what to give. That's mm -hmm. when you're more specific and you make your requests. So it's like... And that's this first stage, first four stages I just talked about, actually. Give yeah. up trying to change your partner, step one. Change yourself, step two. Three, give more to your partner is step three. Step two was change yourself. Step three is give more to your partner. Then if you don't get more automatically, then no trust that your partner just doesn't know what to give, what's most important to you. So that's step four. And you ask. And there's an art to asking. My wife gets so frustrated with me because I forget to turn the lights out in the house. We have a long mm -hmm. house and you turn a light, light switches as you walk through it. So I would just zoom through and forget that. And she was so frustrated for years. You don't turn out the lights. You don't turn out the lights. Then she figured it out. She said, John, I know you turn out the lights a lot, but sometimes you forget. Would you try to remember? I say, I hear you. Done. I didn't even have to say I'm sorry because there wasn't any disapproval look. Yeah. You, you, always want to watch it women when your husband is saying i'm sorry more than you it's not a good thing 
this is what tends to happen. Guys are always, she's like upset about this, upset about this. Every time he says, I'm sorry, his self-esteem goes down a notch. Just to know, it knocks down his testosterone a notch. So let him be your hero. So you cushion it if you're going to ask for more <laughs> and it's a little complaint. Because really complaints are just requests. So yeah. why, why not be clear? It's a request. And before you have a request, give a little love. I know you always do this. And then would you do this? And I know whenever she gives a little compliment, like, I know you, I know you try to call me, but I really wish that you would call me. And if you don't ask your assistant, and then it would be so nice. Done. That goes in. And I remember that. But if you, if you just complain to a man, he you never call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think as we, as we come to, to the end of this amazing hour where uh, there have been so many fantastic uh, truth bombs, I would love to ask you a question that I got asked to ask you, which is how do I get my husband to read the books? <laughs> okay. I'm going to answer yeah. that. And I remember your other question quite a while. It's the same one. Mm. Ask, ask, ask. But the second question is a little different on the books. But when you do the thing at home, you have to start giving him the space for his testosterone. He goes to his cave. He's not doing anything. Your tendency is to resent that he's not doing anything. Doesn't he see all this stuff I have to do? No, he doesn't. Mm. He doesn't see it. He doesn't know he's supposed to do it. He didn't get any training for it. He's no motivation for it. Your job is to say, honey, when you, uh, when you get a chance, I need your help. Let me know when you're ready. Okay, something like that. Uh, honey, when, when you're done watching that show, uh, I need your help. Would you help me? Or another one is just leave out. I need your help and just say, honey, would you help me in a little while? That'd be really nice. You have to ask and let him like sit there and mull around. What do I have to do? Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. And continue. Don't worry about it. His, his grumps will go away. But he says, what is it? What is it? Start in an order. The first order is talking. I just want to share my day with you. You want to start experiencing connection where he understands why you're unhappy and stressed from the day. You don't ask for more around the house until it becomes, a re you don't just say, look, I work all day and I do, you know, you're sitting here doing nothing. I need help. Start with something easy for him, which doesn't require a lot of doing. Listening to you talk for five or 10 minutes is a very easy job to do. So you give him the first job, which is easy and he connects and he feels like he's your hero at home. Because so far, he's not your hero at home. He's the loser at home who doesn't help you. He's mm -hmm. just sitting on the couch, Mr. Lazy. So you want to create a sense of he's hero at home. And from my point of view, what women need way more than clean houses is to be vulnerable and express how they feel. Because that's Love what's going to change their, their stress levels. Mm -hmm. Then as you've gone through that for several months of connecting this conversation thing, where you're having at least five to 10 minutes of more intimate than normal conversation. And he just listens. He doesn't solve anything. You said, don't speak. Just listen. I feel so close and connect. And when you connect, go into another room right away. So he doesn't want to solve your problem. Okay. He stands there and kind of goes, oh, I didn't do anything. And she's happy. My wife's so easy to please. Once you're easy to please again, like you were when you were dating, now, then you start to ask for romantic dates. Okay. Now, women have to get over the idea that you have to ask for romance. The way you do it is to say, here's three things I want to do next week. You pick one, would you? and take me. So you're, you're, you got to come up with what to do as, a, as options. His job is to choose and deliver. Now you've had some successful dates. You're having good sex again, great sex again. Now you start asking for help around the house. Oh, honey, would you help me? I'm really tired tonight. 
would you do the vacuum or would you self hold these things with me? I'd really like your help with this. And then you start doing slowly one thing after another where he feels appreciated by doing these little jobs around the house. Now you're thinking as a woman, if you don't have this knowledge, why should I make a big deal out of it? I do 10 times more than him. Nobody asks me to do it. I get no reward for doing it. Why does he? Because he's a man. He doesn't have the training, but also what fuels testosterone is feeling I did something significant. Folding laundry, doing these things, not significant jobs. You don't get paid a lot in this world for doing that stuff. That's made work and you get low minimum wage for that. He wants to, he's naturally motivated to do those things that are either dirty, dangerous, difficult that you don't want to do. And so it's like gradually building up. So there's an order to everything. Don't even ask for more until you're happy. Don't even ask for more until you're having sex, okay? Sex is the most important thing. Why do you think men go to women so much, okay? It's the sex. It's a, see, men need love just as much as women. Women need sex just as much as men. But sex opens a man's heart to where he can feel his need for love and feel and give more love. So that's how men receive love the most is by feeling sexually welcomed. Women feel sexually interested by feeling loved. She goes from her heart to her genitals. Men go from their genitals to their heart. It's like this is, they're equally important. And, mm. and so sex is so important. They have good communication around it and as responsiveness and willingness from the woman's part, you know, which is a big topic. I wrote a whole book on that called Mars Venus in the Bedroom. Uh, it's, it's learning to communicate in the bedroom without words. Okay, move his hand and go, ah. And if his hand goes somewhere <laughs> and there's nothing, move his hand where it needs to go. He pulls <laughs> it away, put it back and say, continue. One word, continue. Ah, ah, give him message. He needs feedback all the time. He's like a blind man and the territory is always changing because last night this worked and tonight nothing's happening. Help guide him, slow him down. Another one word command, slower, mm, slow, mm, slow. He needs that guidance, but never criticism, never complaining, never you did it wrong, just positive little gentle movements. And maybe some people are saying, oh, you know, we can talk about it. Great, you're like 1% of the population, you can talk about it. But most men take, are really super sensitive. Remember, that's when men are vulnerable, when they're naked. That's their vulnerability. When he's erect, that's his massive vulnerability. Anything that sounds like correction is criticism. And so you got to be very gentle with that. Just like when a woman is opening her heart to her emotions and a man says, don't worry about it. No big deal. That shuts her down. Okay. So that's a. Yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> so then reading I know the book. I we're the clock here. So that's that book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I think in, in just listening to this episode uh, together as couples, uh, the, the guy will start reading the book. I don't think we need to worry about that. You, well, I, that, you that made too. a good case for it. Again, the quick answer then why, how to get him to read the book. You read it and you change. So he sees this and read it a lot in front of him. I mean, like he's in bed, you're reading this book. Don't tell him anything about it. Mm, be the change Never, first. Yeah. Be the change first and leave the book around. That's it. And if, if that still doesn't work after several months of you becoming more happy, more loving, oh, and giggling and laughing. It's a very funny book too. But don't tell him anything. And he said, what are you reading? Said, oh, you can read it. Don't push it on him because you push something on someone. You're saying you need this. He doesn't need it. You need it. Then if that doesn't work, then you finally do go to one of the chapters about men. Like if it's men are from Mars book, which is probably the best for this, it's like men go to their caves 
and you can just say, you know, there's a book, you know, everything makes sense to me. He's talking about women, but when he talks about men, it's pretty bizarre. You know, this thing about men in their caves. Uh, would you read this like four paragraphs and tell me if you can relate to this at all? Mm. And that will get like the size, that. you know. So then they get they get this is a friendly book. It's not trying to change men. So many of the books are telling men to be like women, you yeah. know. And yeah, this is saying you know women accept the man, and when men understand women, you know, this is how we are. This is how we can come closer. Yeah. Thank you so much for helping us understand the biology of our differences as well, because I think if we all think about that testosterone and estrogen balance and what it looks like for men, what it looks like for women, it's going to help a lot to take the pressure off the modern societal conversations that are happening and just get us back to basics of what we both fundamentally need to feel loved and to love. And looking at that biology has nothing to do with our roles. You can change, mix the roles up all you want, but biology, you want to honor that part of us as well. That's all it is. Thank you, John. What an amazing conversation. I really, really appreciate your time today over in sunny California. And, uh, and I feel like I'm going to get a ton of questions and in a few months' time, we'll have to do a part two. because oh, that. We'll yeah, that. let's do it. Okay. It'd be great. Uh, and everybody can catch all of the information on how to connect to John's work, what the key books that we spoke about in today's show are, as well as the other 20-something books. So uh, get involved. There's a heap of videos if you're more of a video person that John so generously records and shares on his website, marsvenus.com. Thank you once again, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.